Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In the government again putting a band-aid on it, similar to the housing crisis. The roads are a disgrace. You have three beautiful sons. He said, go and treat them to something. I thought, how kind of the stranger. We want a resolution because adults got around the table and realised what needed to happen. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 I don't think between now and the end of 2024 a story, a sports related story anyway, will grip the city and county and God blast it, the nation by the scruff of the neck as this one has and yet we have Olympics this year and we'll hopefully have medals at that and with a bit of luck Cork will do reasonably well in the championships and we might do okay in the rugby. I don't expect to see another Grand Slam this year. We're in a time of change now for the team and all that. But certainly by the end of this year, I, I, I don't see any story gripping the city as much as this one has in the last 36 hours now since it broke in the examiner. I started yesterday morning not really caring and thinking, God blast it, lads, it's only a name, it's not going to hurt anybody. I'm happy to tell you, you know, when you listen to conversations and you listen to varying views, you change your mind. And I'm very much of the view, the examiner is reporting this morning that the decision that we thought would be made at the county board meeting last night about the rebranding of Parky Cueve, that's been put back now. The county board issued a statement after the meeting simply saying it's in discussions with SuperValue regarding the naming rights for Parky Cueve. SuperValue and Cork GA both remain committed to continuing their engagement as both parties share a common interest in supporting Gaelic Games discussions are ongoing. Kind of a bland going nowhere statement even though I think this time yesterday and certainly as we signed off yesterday at midday we did expect a vote to be taken at last night's meeting, but none was taken. Instead, and the examiner's reporting this morning, good coverage by Owen Cormack and Fair Play, that discussions will continue, was the line being delivered to delegates at last night's meeting, which it stresses again was behind closed doors. 
Something that came up very clearly yesterday was, look, if we must have super value on the title of the park, then that's fine. But let us maintain super value parky Cueve. And quite a number of delegates brought that up at last night's meeting. It emerged, you get the impression from reading the examiner, because most groups haven't said anything, you get the impression from the examiner reporting at least, that Musgraves appeared determined to go for Super Value Park. But the, the, the clear feeling from county board delegates last night was that the only rebranding that would be acceptable to them would be Super Value Pikey Cueve. I just throw that open this morning to you as we continue this conversation. If it must be rebranded, and let's imagine that it has to be, let's just imagine that this rebranding will go ahead. How important is it to you that it's super value parky Cueve? We looked into the man's history yesterday. Uh, Portugal Cueve, born in Roscommon, but moved to Cork as a tiny baby. Educated here by the Christian Brothers. Trained as a teacher then in St. Mary's College in London. Came back and taught in Prez. He joined the Irish Volunteers in 1916. Went on to become an officer with the Cork Brigade of the, uh, Brigade of the IRA. He was captured by the British and jailed for 15 years, but released in 1922. He was manager of a tobacco company, but in 1929, he resigned that job to become the uh, top man in the GAA. I, I didn't know, and I should know, I guess, with my family steeped or Elements of my family steeped in the, the club for many years. I didn't know he was one of the founders of Nemo Rangers. I think if that rebranding must go ahead, then it must be with um, with Super Value Parky Cueve and nothing else. But hey, who am I? Donald O'Cueve is the grandson of Padraig O'Cueve. And yesterday morning, this kind of turned the conversation on its head really quickly. Yesterday morning, Donal revealed that he'd only heard about it through the media, that nobody from the GAA reached out to the family to tell them this was being considered, and he was shocked and saddened by it. He subsequently issued a statement to us here at 96FM, and he joins me now by phone. Donal, you were very upset to find out about this in the way that you did. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, I think my, my key argument here is the need for, for integration. You know, we, we, we've an awareness of the need clearly to, to ensure that that DA is sustainable moving forward. But the, the reality, I suppose, is that we also need to be, I suppose, to recognize and, and acknowledge the contribution um, that, that our legacy and our history make um, to who we are as people in Ireland, but particularly with, with Parky Cueve. You know, it's, its very existence in Cork is in our DNA. It's woven not just into the sporting history, but in the cultural and social fabric. Um, and for me, my grandfather, um, his, I suppose, under his stewardship, the GAA doubled in terms of the amount of clubs that existed in the country. It became the biggest amateur association of its kind in the world. And the GA final was brought to New York. 
Um, and for me, I suppose it's it's just that need to to look at you know with the rebranding itself now, there was a hope that that potentially my grandfather's name may be retained in terms of the the dual branding. But now it's very clear that it's being named um, Park or Super Value Cork uh, yeah. Park. Super Value Park. I was somewhat ambivalent when I started this discussion yesterday morning, but. Having reflected on it, Super Value Parky Cueve would be the least I think one could expect. But come back to the the fact that your family knew nothing about it. Well, I, I can only speak as was first of all in terms of my own experience. I've contacted my family members to check and no one that I contacted was, was informed or approached that this was happening. Um, so yeah, no, that, that was it was a particular particular concern. But to be perfectly honest, my main concern is the fact that, that the, the county board meeting the presence of the media had been banned. Yeah. Um, and the argument is that it's to ensure open and transparent debate, which is completely nonsensical in my mind. Um, you know, if we're, if we're to alter the... The, the Parky Creeve as a stadium, you know, it, it's 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 so much more than the actual structure itself. It's what it means to the people of Ireland, what it means in terms of our he- history and our heritage and our narrative, and mm. um, and and that's that's what I feel is being eradicated by this um, very blunt, um, I suppose, d- deletion of. And now I know I have faith in in the people of Cork and and the people of Ireland that I think it will continue to be called. Uh, Parky Creeve, particularly oh. in, the, in the hearts and minds of uh, of the general public, but but it is it's still a deep sadness to me. It'll, it'll um, always be that, known that affectionately is. as the park, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Even since it's been called Parky Creeve, after being first the Cork Athletic Grounds, you know, it's always going to be down the park. Mm-hmm. You know, I've taken the opportunity since the story broke to read up a bit more about your your granddad's. Legacy, mm. spectacular yeah. contribution to the GA. He did, yeah, yeah. No, it was his very essence. You could, my mother described him as as just so empathetic, kind. He, he would connect people if they had different needs in their life. He would find a way to 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 just make sure that everyone felt warm, welcomed, and, and and safe and comfortable and, and, and connected. And I think in in the current context um, of kind of swear where modern Ireland is going, you know, we have a real need for connection and that's for the beauty of what the GEA can offer. Um, but my, I think the, the key issue as well is, is the essence of the, the fact that it's a volunteer organisation and it's not professional. Um, and now obviously, you know, the, the, the GEA needs funds in order to, to be able to be sustainable. But, yeah. but I suppose I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm asking for balance. The commercial realities of it, Donald, I guess in 2024, is that without... Mm-hmm a corporate arm without a corporate sponsorship, the GA would struggle. Yes, and that, I suppose it's a, it's a consideration of, of maybe the, the potential integration of a dual naming um, that I think would, would potentially be a, be, be a solution. But, but yes, no, I, I agree, but we also need to, to grow from our legacy and from our history as well and to be able to try from that. So I think... Um, removing my my grandfather's name potentially is, is 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 not doing that. Do I take it from you that you don't actually have a problem with brand name Parky Cueve as such? It's as just as long as it remains Parky Cueve, even if there's a brand on it. Exactly. Yes. If if my grandfather's name could be in any way safeguarded with within the actual uh, name of the park itself, I, I would be happy with that. Okay. Do you remember him? You're quite young. 
Yeah, unfortunately, I'm I'm only 39 now, so my my grandfather died before I was born. But but my my mother um, would have told me so many stories about him um, down to the years, even in terms of his um, just just the whole vast array of, of aspects of his character and and his history. And he was involved in the struggle for Irish independence as well. Yeah, yeah, remarkable legacy to have. I'm, I'm grateful to you for taking my call and it's one I think that will take there's an amount of discussion left in it yet it's so good to speak uh, with you today it was a pleasure talking to you PJ and thank you for thank you for calling me and you're welcome thank you for taking our call Donald that's a significant statement I think this morning now from the the grandson of Porrick O'Queeve after whom the stadium is named if it must be rebranded rebranded then that's the commercial reality it must be rebranded but he wants his grandfather's name held he'd be okay with super value parky Cueve. but super value park not so much so if anyone in the powers that be is listening be it the county board be it Musgraves they haven't said anything so far and that's a matter for them they're a private company very wealthy very successful uh, Cork company they haven't said anything. The impression being given from the examiner this morning, I stress just the examiner, it's the only paper I've read in particular detail, but the impression I get is that most graves were inclined to dig their heels in, that it would have to be Super Value Park. Well, there is the grandson of the man after whom the park is named, uh, pretty much insisting, look, if you must do it, you must do it. That's fine. You should have asked us about it. That's fine too. As long as you keep the name of Park E. Cueve. So super value Park E. Cueve or nothing according to the grandson of the great man himself. The two grand minute. Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day. I'm in love with the money. Answer 10 questions in 60 seconds to claim 2,000 euros. 2,000 euros. The Two Grand Minute. With Cork Dental Care. You'll be all smiles when you see their treatments with Invisalign at corkdentalcare.ie. Lorraine and Ross in the morning. On Cork's 96FM. Finbar McCarthy, Cork's 96FM's GAA correspondent. Finbar, there's the grandson of the great man himself saying, look, if you must rebrand the park, then rebrand the park. But it has to be Super Value Park Equive. My grandfather's name must be kept to the title. Do you think that could happen? Good morning. Uh, I'm not too sure, P- uh, PJ. Good morning. Um, speaking to some a number of GA people since this story broke, that would appear to be the consensus that 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 would um, that would go or would sit well with GA people. Whether it's going to happen or not, I'm not so sure. With the, the name and rights of the stadium has been an issue for the last number of years. I was, this is the first time that. Uh, any sort of a name has popped up in terms of sponsorship. So it kind of caught people by surprise, as you were aware, over the last 24 hours since it broke on Monday night. But I think uh, Super Value Park doesn't sit well with GA people. Mm. Super Value Park, he would, I would imagine. It sit better anyway. I was just it's looking around a list place, yesterday, Finbar, uh, of stadiums up and down the country. Like I think yeah. of Chadwick's Wexford Park. UPMC Nolan Park, Kingspan Brefney Park. Like, this is nothing new. 
No, and you go, you can take it a stage further. Tom Simple, Simple Stadium, FBD Simple Stadium. They, mm. they actually kept the name yes. of the stadium, so which it, was it called after done. in. It can be done. Look, most GA, most GA counties now are, are trying to get sponsorship. We all know the financial implications, but and I think it, it can be done if if the powers that be wanted. But I'm not so sure that. There's, um, I, my information is that Super Value Park was one of the um, what's what will I put it? One of the, the the breaking points in all this. I think the, the, there was an effort I understand to get parking even it, but the sponsors didn't want it. They wanted Super Value Park. That's my information. Now, for the sake of the money that's coming in, and if you look at the figures, Finbar, it it won't even knock a dent in the debt. So you could turn around a county board that was playing hardball could say, look, thank you very much for your money, but we want the title kept or we'll find somebody else who will keep it. Yeah, they could very well do that. And some people say the money that that the board are being offered for it is not a great, not a whole lot. I think it works out about two hundred and fifty thousand a year. I think that's what the figure was coming in at. So maybe they could go down the, the board's financial position, as everybody knows. It's no secret; it is pretty dire. And unless they they get some, the concerts are going to help. The rugby game in a couple of weeks' time is going to help, but it's not going to make a whole lot of inroads into the debt. So they certainly need every money, every penny they can get. I must say, Peter, the general consensus is there is no issue with naming rights per se. It's the, it's the road, but every uh, organisation is going down. We even see Musgrave Park changing their name last week to um, Virgin Media Park. But I think that the, the sticking point in all this is going back to this is that you must keep Parky Keith in the title and that's that that was the sticking point that uh, upset a lot of people. I know there was one particular delegate who wasn't going to go to the meeting last night because of the conditions of the road and where he was living. Obviously he won't say where he's living for the, sure, sure, the sure. identity way. But he wasn't going to go to the meeting because the roads are hazardous and he was a bit nervous. But he got so many calls from club members pointing out their annoyance at the Super value park issue and park keeping dropped. He he went to the meeting, so it really hired people, really upset people. Yeah. Do do delegates take instruction from say the board of their club or the? Do they take a sense from their club before they go to vote on something so important? I, I would imagine so. I mean, I I was at the meeting last night as a club delegate, and I took direction yesterday. I contacted my club chairman yesterday. To get a steer from him on on what on on what way I should vote on this. If it came to a vote, as you know, it didn't. Now, because the, the Glen membership is fairly big, but what the chairman did, in fairness to him, he contacted the, the executive members of the club and got their views on it and gave me direction to vote a certain way. But obviously, it didn't. I did, there was no need to vote. And the general consensus from the executive members of Glen Rovers Hurling Club was that Parky, except that um, sponsorship is needed and the naming rights is not an issue. But the general, the the, major, uh, the majority of the executive members of Glen Rovers were of the view that Parky Key should be retained. So I did take direction from my club for last night. And thank you for for revealing that. Finbar, and I know you didn't receive instructions, you you can't receive, you can't tell us what you were told to vote, but I think we get a good sense, if it came to a vote, what you'd been going with. I, I wasn't aware, and I should be aware, I wasn't aware of um, Padre Gokini's connection with Nemo. Uh, 
And yesterday, Sean Martin of Nemo, of course, brother of Michal Martin, adamant that there should be no name change. Do you think that a club as important as Nemo might accept super value Parky Cueve? I wouldn't think so. I, I, I'm not privy to their to their sure. uh, intentions, but I, I would imagine, I think the the tarnished of Matt also was probably tied into that, given that he's a member of the same club. Yeah. So I would say Nemo would be fairly, like he, it, we are, there's no need to go over with the contribution part you've got to keep made because you've detailed it well enough and so does his grandson. I think Nemo would be fairly offend, upset if the name was taken off the stadium. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. That's then, Mark, anyway, on, when, 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 when do you think there will be a vote? When is it due for another tabling on the agenda? I'm not so sure. Uh, I, I read a few articles online last night um, when, I came, when I got home from the meeting and... Uh, there was one interesting one from I think it was Colum Keys in the Independent. He said that the that the the matter had been stalled. I, I can't exactly remember the wording, but he wasn't sure whether it was. But the, the decision to stall the matter was by taken by the county board or by Musgraves. He wasn't sure, but maybe the reaction of people was was incredible mm-hmm. from all all areas. That might it might have been said. Both parties, and again, it's only speculation. Both parties might have said, "Listen, let's let's hold on here a while. Let the storm lay down, and we see what we had pans out." But you, you, sure. you expect a story like this, Finbar, to inflame the phone lines locally. <laughs> you don't expect it. At least I didn't expect it to go loopy nationally. Why is it so big? Is oh, it yeah. because next step is is Coke Park? Uh, I wouldn't. I don't think the name. I don't think they'll be naming rights ever in Crow Park again. Personal opinion. I don't think. It, I don't think it will. Um, I would think because Cartier is a very, very big brand. PJ. Simple as that. It's probably. Yeah. It's the biggest. It's the biggest county in the country. Uh, okay. Um, lots of teams. The biggest number of clubs in the county. So I would think the Cartier name is out there in every walk in most areas. It's a very, very big brand, and I would say that that's that's the simple. That's my own view because it's such a big brand that it. it and also, I suppose the, the other way, it's a funny time of the year. There's not a whole lot happening. Maybe that could have been it too. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, that's true. Finbar, thank you, Finbar McCarthy, uh, Corks ninety six of M G A A correspondent, and uh, as he said himself, delegate uh, for the Glen Club at last night's meeting where it had been made clear to him from the club that if it came to a vote super value Parky Cueve is the acceptable compromise if anybody from Nemo is listening uh, and many of the many of the senior people in Nemo will have my own number feel free to text me um, how would Nemo feel about super value Parky Cueve Give Sean Martin a ring, or if Sean, Sean, if you're listening, and I know you do, see, we're making trouble. Um, it would super value Parky Cueve sit okay with Nemo? I wonder. How much debt is the park carrying, and how do those who don't want naming rights intend to pay for it? It's criminally underused anyway, says Kevin. We're, <laughs> we're working backwards. Yes, Kevin, it is criminally underused. It's in about 30 million worth of debt. Uh, and this would be about 300 grand a year in total. Uh, we speak very quickly in Cork. Saying super value Parky Cueve wouldn't be a bother if the family involved are satisfied with it and respect to them. Well, we have 
Paul O'Keeve's grandson this morning on the opinion line, Donald O'Keeve, saying if it must be a rebrand, then it must be a rebrand. That's a commercial reality. But he would sit, it would sit better with him. Super value, Parky Cueve. <laughs> Michael says, I'm a vintage that I refer to the stadium as the Athletic Grounds. Best wishes, Michael. Michael, was that you I saw ploughing your way up Maryborough Hill this morning, a few minutes before seven, <laughs> making a show of all of us. Fair play to you with your little headlight on your head. Just don't fall on them slippy pavements. 0818 96 96 96. The Cork Diary. On Cork's 96 FM. Middleton GAA Wagpies present Showtime, a night of song and laughter on Saturday the 27th of January in Middleton GAA Club. Hosted by Richie Hayes and featuring Billy Jean's RDC, Dots Tobin, Studio D and many more. Funds raised in aid of St. Vincent de Paul for families affected by the flooding. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email Cork Diary at 96fm.ie. Join the conversation. Call us now. 0818-969696 So in case you've been living under a stone since last evening, they didn't take a vote last night at Parky Cueve at the county board meeting. They didn't take a vote with regard to the naming rights for the park, but what did emerge from delegates is that if it must happen, then it must be Super value parky queeve. Somebody did say, and I read again from the examiner this morning, two things. One, it would appear that Musgraves wanted to be called Super Value Park, but the huge number of delegates wanted to be Super Value Parky Queeve. Someone did say at the meeting that if we do have to go with Super Value Park, that we would name one of the stands after. Padraig O'Queeve. That would sound like a bit of a climb down, to be honest. Um, Councillor Sean Martin actually is quoted in in the article in the Examiner. He was Nemo chair for the last couple of years. He said there's huge disappointment in the club at the proposal to remove the name of a historical figure who played such a role in building the GEA. You're sacrificing our tradition, our heritage and our history. There's a need for us not to forget where we came from. And while there was a need from the GAA, within Nemo to Sean Martin, there's a strong respect for history and tradition of what he gave us. There is disappointment at this decision. He doesn't appear, he doesn't appear with regard to the, or with respect to the article anyway, that um, to have expressed a preference with regard to Super value parky queeve. Stephen O'Sullivan joins me from the UK and listens to us online, originally from Cork, of course. Stephen. Stephen, the rebranding, if it must be, if it must happen, as super value parky queeve. How would you feel about that? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Very well, sir. Um, I think there's a lot of people don't like it being called super value at the moment, do they? Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. You know? Well, certainly Super Value Park is a no-no for people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, why don't like to keep it traditional, to be honest? Or if they want to call it after someone, why don't they call it after, like, some GA legend? Yeah. Well, you oh. see, it already is called after a GA legend. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, but if they want to rename it, I, 
I mean, like, I was thinking, why did they call it Teddy McCarthy there? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people talking yeah. about saying that the, the main stand should be named the Teddy McCarthy stand, but that that's probably another discussion for another after day. All, after all, he was a great legend. And, Super, absolutely. You know, and he won the doubles for Cork in 1990, Football and hurling. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, but you know, so you, you uh, do I take it from you, Stephen, that you wouldn't want the the name or the brand Super Value involved anywhere in the title? I don't think so. To be honest, I don't think so because it sounds like Super Value Care Park or something. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, it doesn't sit. You know? Doesn't sit well with you as this. Yeah. Yeah. How long are you uh, across the water? Um, I across the water now about eight years. Okay. Where? What part do you live yeah. in? Um, I'm living in London. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Was it work? Was it work that brought you over originally, or what? Yeah, work. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Do you get back much? Well, I. Um. Yeah, I get back every so often when I can. Man. And oh, would you well. would you be able to watch many of the games, or would you watch a lot of GA over there? Yeah, yeah. Is, it, it, yeah. is GA going now? Something that you'd watch on? Yeah, there's so yeah, you can watch it in like clubs and uh, and Irish clubs here. Very good, very oh. good, very good. Yeah, and there's a lot of like GA clubs here as well. Oh, there's place. loads of them. There's there's loads of them. Um, you could find yourself in a GA club. Pretty much anywhere in London. Thank you, Stephen. Appreciate that, Stephen O'Sullivan, listening to us in London. Doesn't want anything to do with Super Value at all. And says maybe if you're going to rename it, call it Teddy McCarthy Park. I think that'd be a bigger problem for people in that you've got it named after a GAA legend. But I would love the idea. It's a conversation for another day, but I would love the idea of the park or the main stand being named the Teddy McCarthy stand. You know that beautiful big stand with the premium area on top of it and all the function rooms and the bars and everything. That that, that would be I think the name that after Teddy would be a fantastic tribute but like I said that will come that will come down to another discussion. On naming of stands don't forget the great Christy Ring says Sean but Sean he's got a whole stadium named after him. Parky Ring. So I do take your point. Uh, next, they'll be calling Christie Ring Bridge Tesco Bridge, says Frank in White's Cross. I don't think so, Frank. Kate says, you see, this is what people are saying now, having had a chance to think about it and digest it a little bit. Super Value Park has no class. I think Super Value Park Equive works. That's from Kate. Yeah. Yeah. Super Value Park Equive certainly seems to be the compromise that people will go for. There are those who are entirely opposed to any change. I think Stephen being one of them in the UK and Mike yesterday who doesn't even want rugby matches in there. Um, and Mike isn't as entitled to it as you and anybody. If you want to be listening back, if you want to hear what Mike had to say yesterday, go back to our podcast of, of yesterday's show and you'll hear what he had to say. And at the time, at the time I couldn't care less. Now I do. Now I do care, having read and listened. And that's what you do in a conversation. You listen to people. 
Uh, and certainly, if it must be changed, in my view, it must be super value park equive or nothing. And if it's a thing that most graves aren't happy with that, you say, okay, somebody else will be. And you go out there and you make a business deal with somebody else. That's what I'd be saying if I was on the county board. But I'm not, which is probably better for GA all round. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now Gavin's a huge sports fan and far more knowledgeable than I on this kind of thing. You don't like it, you say, Gavin, but times are unprecedented. Commercial sponsorship is where we are at in twenty twenty four. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Like to be honest with you, I personally think as long as the funds are put to good use. I wouldn't have an issue with it. For the simple reason, the the economy, the climate we live in today, this this um, the way inflation has gone through the roof, no business or organisation immune for us, from us, not even the GA. And I mean, like, it's, it's, it's well and good to say that we don't want to change the name of the sta- stadium on the surface. But when you look into the nuts and bolts of it, we're all very proud of Cork GA. We're all very proud of what Cork GA has achieved. We want to be at the top of the pedestal to win all Orleans in hurling, football, camogie, ladies football. We pride ourselves on that dual status. And the fact of the matter is, if we want to be at the top of the, the pedestal, we have to finance the performance and the welfare of our players. Like, there was a lot of strikes in Cork that were to highlight player welfare. And in fairness, the Cork, the Cork, the Cork County Board are in the position, no, where they are investing, they are funding the, the teams accordingly in all codes, hurling, football, camogie, ladies football, etc., and the fact of the matter is, you need funds to to do that nowadays. Like the players that we have in all codes today, they are professional athletes. Yeah. They are operating at high octane. They, if, if you see them running there, they're like gazelles. They are fine-tuned athletic machines. They are. They are, and they're having nutrition coaches and strength and fitness and all, and that all costs money and that has to be paid for. Now, th- th- this money, this contract, won't knock even a dent in the debt over Parky Cueve, but it might cover something else is what you're saying. Yeah, like, I think, to be honest, if there's a commitment there by the county board where they say, whatever money we get from this sponsorship will be injected into all teams, I think that's a fantastic outcome because I was reading a bit into the background of Padraig O'Keefe and he made his name with Cork GA as an administrator. And if, if he was around today and you asked him that this was the business proposition that was in place, I'd say he'd be delighted with it. He might like to have his name still connected with it. I think he'd probably stomach Super Value Parky Cueve a lot easier than Super Value Park or Park Super Value. That's it, but sure, I mean, like, PJ, how many times do you pass the Shaky Bridge? Yeah. A lot of times. How many people do you know call it Daly's Bridge? That's true. Like, a lot of, like, most people will know the Shaky Bridge is the Shaky Bridge. 
it's with regards to stadiums, it's not the first time it's happened. We all know up in Kilkenny, it's called Nolan Park. Nolan Park is actually UPC Nolan Park. If you go down to Wexford, Wexford Park is known as Chadwick's Wexford Park. Breffney Park and Cavan is Kingspan Breffney Park. I went through a list actually, Gavin, and there are 17 county grounds have commercial names attached to them now. So it is the way of the world. It is the way of the world because the fact of the matter is you need an injection of finance and unless there's some philanthropist or uncorked there or someone with a with a wallet nine months pregnant willing to inject a few bob into Cork GA, we have to get our revenue elsewhere. You know? Some people are very uncomfortable with the commercialisation of the GA because it is at its heart, an amateur organisation. But there's there's romanticism and there's realism, isn't there? Yeah, you, you have to find a compromise. There's a fine line there between the amateur status, the local volunteerism, and operating at a commercial level. Corkji is, is so broad now that it's operating as a business, and rightly so. But like it, 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 it's a broader issue. Like, you mentioned the desk there, that's uh, Parky Creeve, the Cork GA has accrued people. Millions, millions. Millions, and like that, no, let's put Cork on the map. Let's get Brucey back, have five back-to-back concerts. He wasn't allowed. Have him up in Crow Park. We'll take him with open arms in Cork. We've, we've won anyway. We've won anyway. Would yeah. you like... But we, yeah, there's a thing. I, one man rang yesterday morning, Gavin, I think his name was Mike, and he had no time for rugby in Parky Creeved or anything like that. There's a sold-out rugby match on the 3rd of February. Should we have more of them? I think we have to get away from the narrow-mindedness of it. If all sports work together, many hands make slighter work. Mm-hmm. All the sports organisations should be working in tandem with each other. Even at grassroots level there, you go to Whitechurch, you go to Ballyanley there in Inniscarra, you have, you, have, you have a multitude of sports organisations all working together and the facilities they have are absolutely fantastic and it's all because they're all working together and because they're working together they're able to avail many sports grants and they're just putting their, themselves on the map and it's, it's better for everyone. Yeah. Let's bring Katie Taylor down to Cork. We'll, we'll take on her, her fights. Uh, rugby, soccer, American football. I don't care what sport is played in Parky Cueve as long as it benefits the people of Cork, all the businesses, all the restaurants, the bars, the hotels, and all that money will go into Cork GA then, in the long run. I could be brought up for charges for common sense now in the morning. <laughs> Do you know what, what was surprising to me yesterday when Stephen went down uh, to the streets and asked people, the number of young people who were horrified by the change or the possible change in the name? Yeah, like it's as a, as I was, you have to go into the nuts and bolts of it. Like the, I, I know it's well and good to say, and I, of course we'd all love it to be, remain as Parky Queef. Hmm. But with the world we live in, and the way the cost of living has gone, there's no business, nobody immune to the the expenses. Something has to give. Lastly, uh, your thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, Donalo Keeve the grandson of Padraig O'Keeve, the family, knew nothing about this. Now, that wasn't the right way to go about it, do you think? That's not how you do business, no. 
one simple thing there: common courtesy. They should have. They should. They should have informed. They should have informed the family first. Um, this is this is our proposal. This is what we think. We just feel you should know about it first. Gavin, good talking to you. Thanks very much. All the best. Take care. Cheers, Gav. There's actually been a fresh statement again now this morning from uh, Donald O'Keeve, who spoke to me first just after nine um, and gave the clear impression that if it must be rebranded, then to him personally anyway, super value Parky Cueve would be acceptable. He said in the new statement he's just issued, he welcomed, first of all, the comments of Michal Martin and of the Lord Mayor yesterday. He hopes an agreement can be reached where the heritage, history and identity can be balanced against financial necessity. And one potential solution is the name Supervalue Porky Cueve. He wants to both safeguard the sustainable financial health of Cork GAA and retain his grandfather's legacy and his place in the hearts and identity of the Irish people. And look forward to further open and transparent public debate in the coming days, Donald has also been was was also critical on the air, critical of the locking out of the media from um, from the meetings like last night. There's a strong, strong message there. It's either super value Parky Cueve, or we'll find somebody else who let us do that. I think that's the message has to go out to Musgraves now from the county board. Musgraves haven't said anything. We welcome a statement from Musgraves. If they're listening, and I know that they do. Councillor Kenneth Collins is treasurer of St. Vincent's, and it's in that capacity that he takes our call. Kenneth, good morning to you. Your feelings on what's going on? Good morning, PJ. Yeah, I suppose, look, I, I would be uh, strong to keep the name uh, Parky Cueve. Parky Cueve's name needs to be uh, kept strong within the city. Um, I understand that there's financial um, difficulties within the Cork County Board, but the way it was done, PJ, was incorrect. We had a meeting last Monday night and it broke during our meeting, so the, the grassroots members of the Cork GA didn't even know about this because it was being kept very, very quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I would look at this is that an email should go to the 256 clubs. Sorry, Ken, when, when did you know about this? So this broke in the media on, what was Monday it? Monday evening. Monday evening. Monday night. Mon- Monday, right. yeah. No one had a sniff of it, even at like your well, very well placed there in St. Vincent's. No one had a sniff of this anywhere. Nobody had a sniff whatsoever, PJ. And I, I believe, you know, it was... My opinion, and I'll be saying it as Kenneth Collins, but I'm a member of the GEA. It was being done and rushed through behind closed doors, and it's, it's appalling. And the way it was being done is appalling. Um, the way I w- would wish for it to be done is that each club should have their say, and they'd mandate their delegates then to go to the county board, and a, an open vote would be done, showing um, what way people or clubs would like to uh, vote. And what, what do you think Vincent's would do? How do you what do you think Vincent's would do, Kenneth? Would they would they go with as no. Donald O'Keefe says? Would they go with Super Value Park Equive? Well, um, we would be strong keeping the name, the, the culture and the heritage of Parky yeah. Cueve and keeping it as Parky Cueve as is. Mm. You, do you know, PJ, as the treasurer of a club, right, each GA club have to sell a certain amount of Cork County Board draw tickets or Rebel Bounty tickets, what they're called now. So St. Vincent's is an intermediate club. So we have, a, I'll, I'll call it a tax, but we have to pay €7,500 before we make a profit off the Rebel Bounty. 
draw. So, and then you'd have the senior clubs. I think they're up 10,500 have to sell that amount of tickets before they make their profit. Yeah. yeah. So the GA grassroots are paying towards it already. You know, and uh, there's the, the first park equipment was paid for by the, the, the GA and the general public, public as well. Mm-hmm. So there's ways and means around this. Um, my opinion is keep it as Parky Cueve. I'm I, I'd be strong without, without any without any branding. Without any branding, you know. I mean, look, the GA family. We're we're over 130 years old now at this stage. We're 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 going to be there for for Batum. We're all over the world. Um, and we're like uh, you said it earlier. It's Crow Park next. That mm. was that, that. You know, you can't go down the road of well. Well, just there's seventeen. There's seventeen county grounds. I thought there would be half a dozen. I don't have a full list, but there's seventeen yeah, yeah. county grounds that have a brand name on them. But they kept the original name as oh, well. Yeah. You oh know, yeah. Oh yeah. You know. No, if it, if it comes out that you know it would be super value, Parky Cueve, no, no problem whatsoever. Oh. Okay. But my 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 problem my my personal opinion would be keep it as Parky Cueve. You know, it's a big stadium. Go for planning for for concerts for other stuff like this to try and get the money in. I believe you know. And how rugby, do you feel about the likes of rugby matches, soccer matches, boxing? Nights. Well, I, as as a GA member, I was I was opposed to it, but we all had our individual vote on that as well. And you know, the democracy won out and it opened up, and we just have to accept it now. And look, there's a rental income off of it, and maybe going forward, that you know they need to look at it that way, you know, and get rent more rental income from uh, concerts and, and soccer games and. You know, any other type of sport that wants to win there because it's open now because Rule 42 is gone. And that was a rule that was voted on by each member of the association back in the day. So, mm. you see, I would have said, I would have said, and look, I, I, I would have said that was dragging the organization kicking and screaming into the 21st century because with a fantastic stadium down there, you can, it is, let's face it, Kenneth, it's, it's world class. It is silly class it is. not to use it at every opportunity. And as I said, look, democracy went out there. Each member of the association had a vote through their club and it went through that way and it was passed that it would be open to, to, to other codes, you know. Um, and look, the park has benefited in the past from rugby games, I believe, you know. I mean, to, to open it up, it, it costs money to open it up as well and the yeah. rental income. So they need to go down that route and, you know, just on the Musgrave family, Fair they're a fantastic employer within Absolutely. this country. They're, Huge they're company, fantastic. a billion, multi-billion euro operation. But it's not just super value, so you have Pepsi-Cola as well and you have... Um, Boston I think Scientific. A, Boston Scientific, so there's, I, we just can't be naming super value, but there's other, there's other uh, sponsors within there as well. Mm. But um, I, I, I think myself, you know, we should go... The county board should write out to each secretary of the, the clubs and ask them for their opinion through the club and that the delegates be mandated to the board. While okay, so and you would have to accept it. Let, let, me, let me make this clear. You're suggesting, as a treasurer of a, of a prominent, well-known club, you're suggesting that clubs themselves would take a vote to mandate their delegate. Yes, yes. And that's the way it was done with, with the lifting of Rule 42 to okay. other codes. And it was done democratically, and it was done across the board, and that's how the country opened up, and, they, and that's how it worked. All right, Steve, or Kenneth, thank you. Councillor Kenneth Collins, who's treasurer of St. Vincent's, a fine, fine Northside club. That's another idea, that before there's a vote held at all, that you'd come to the club, you'd have a club meeting, 
the meeting would take a vote. I'm sure you structure the meeting in whatever way a club does. The meeting takes a vote, and the outcome of that vote is a mandate to the club delegate to the county board, which sounds like a very fair and democratic way to do things. 0818969696. Wayne Hilton. Wayne Hilton. On Cork's 96FM. Join me Saturday mornings from 10. I've got four hours of the best music mix. Check out the Cork Weekend Survey. Have a go at the Wayne Teaser question. There's the latest celebrity goss. A look at what's happening around town. And we'll keep you up to date with all your essential Cork news. Wayne Hilton. Saturdays, 10 a.m. With Newmarket Motors for the Volkswagen ID Buzz. Fully electric, fully connected, and full of new ideas. NewmarketVolkswagen.ie. On Cork's 96 FM. The lines are Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 966 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Katie, you you no connection to the great man that you know of, no? Not that I know of, no. But I'm sure if we go back far enough, maybe. Yeah, they, they say six degrees of separation would bring any one of us together. What would you feel about it, this whole thing? Well, I think it's awful to take O'Queeve off anything. <laughs> so, as of today, I'm O'Queeve. Oh, really? Just, just for today. <laughs> You're rebranding as O'Queeve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, so, you, how would you feel about that? Super value park O'Queeve rather than super value park. Like, even without the O'Keefe, it just doesn't sound right to me. Um, like I was saying yesterday, if I was a young player, I'd love to be playing in Parky Cueve. Like, oh, I want to play in Parky Cueve when I grow up. Playing in Super Value Park, to me right now, doesn't sound as good. There you go. Thank you for that, Katie. 0818 We're going to move on from this shortly. Uh, but we'll dip back in and out of it, because this is a story that has a few chapters to run. Uh, <clears throat> not the least of being when the county board come together again. Just last, one last call on it before we do uh, move on. Raynor, good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Your thoughts, sir? Um, just uh, who owns uh, Parky Cleave? Who owns it? Who owns it? Well, one assumes it's owned by the Gaelic Athletic Association. Well, there you go. You see, if they do what they want to do and if they want to rebrand it, they'll, re- they'll rebrand, it, rebrand it, whether or which. You know, and um, there's people out there who wouldn't have an interest in hurling football or soccer, me taking one of them. Yeah. Um, personally, I'd rather watch grass grow <laughs> than, watch a, than watch a game of hurling or football or soccer. Oh, wash your um, mouth. Well, on the hurling and then wash your mouth out with salt and water. <laughs> Oh, the, great, the greatest game in the world. But anyway. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Tiddly wings for pitch and toss. One of the two. Well, anyway, um, on the rebranding, I mean, yeah. Okay, the rebranding. If they want, if, well, more than likely, it will go ahead at some point. Um, does the county board, the Cork County Board, get the finances into their coffers or does the GAA in Dublin get it? Mm. Because if it goes to Dublin, you know that Cork will only get a mere pittance of it. One, one um, would hope and assume that whatever money is being spent by, by Musgraves and indeed Boston Certificate, Pepsi and others 
would go into the coffers of the Cork County Board and no further than to be used be, than to be used for Cork for the, Yeah, that could be just used for the small uh, advertising around the, the side of the pitch. Yeah. But for the, the main the main name of the of Party Heath, um I would think that Dublin will get the, the money and Cork will get a pittance of it. You know, they might just get the, the leftover change. That would be most unfortunate, wouldn't it? Well, personally, I'd, I'd knock the place and build a park or something on it. Ah, um, <laughs> I, I cannot endorse the comments of my current corner, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Are you trying to get me sacked? No. Or no, burnt at the stake I, or something? I, I did say to Fergal yesterday that... Um, I will stir the pot a little bit and more than likely you will get to stirring it now and there's knocking it off the stove. <laughs> <laughs> or a bit of both even. No, but like, um, the, the bringing in of what the GA consider foreign sports, mm. they were quick enough to, to hold um, one of the big matches Ireland-England up in Croke Park. Yeah. Well, that's because that money. match was present. It was homeless at the time, with Lansdowne Road being redeveloped, and they had to yeah, take a big boat on it. And yeah, were they go- weren't they going to bring that match over to the UK? And then the GA decided then, wait, there's only going to go to the UK rather than Ireland, and yeah. they relaxed the Rule Forty Two or whatever it is. They, they, they did for as, that, well for that particular match. Perfect. I remember at the time, Reynard, they yeah. took a special vote to allow it as a one-off, and then that allowed for the opening of it to. To Rule 42, but the weird thing about it is now that even under Rule 42, I think stadium to stadium now has to approve a match. Absolutely. Well, you know, if okay, if you take the likes of the IRFU, if they if they if something happened to the Aviva or Crow Park that they wouldn't allow it or wasn't able to be played up there, mm-hmm. don't you think that? Um, the county board in Cork would it jump on the, the chance to make you a few quid. Well, they've got a Munster versus the Stormers on the third of February, and it's sold out. There you go. Yeah. And how much how much money is going to go into the in the into Parky Cleave for for that match? One would hope a healthy chunk of change. There you go. Yeah. So, um, I mean, if you go back many many years ago, there was two 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 two. Um, Organizations running the country, which was the Catholic Church and the GAA. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. yeah. There you go. And if the GAA said no, you can't do it, then the church would jump on board and say, right, we can't do it. Mm. You know, and vice versa. Are you into so, sports I mean, at all? I, I'd sit down, I'd, I'd watch the, the rugby, all right, no problem. I'd watch yeah. that all day, and I'd, I don't care who plays once it's a good game. Yeah, I'd be, rug- I'd be watching the rugby. Rug- rugby and hurling, I think, to be honest, I, I, I watch the two. Gaelic football, I can take or leave, although the club games at the weekend were exciting. Um, but, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, ju- I'm just going to start rooting for Bally McGash now in the, <laughs> the Sydney Wings final. <laughs> you know, oh, and a- that'll probably be played, played in Coke Park. You're a supreme... Messer, but you do make one point on the finances of this, that all the matches should be available for free on the telly if sponsorship yeah. like deals like this are going ahead. Yeah, yeah, if the, yeah exactly, yeah. And get rid of the, the RTE um, joining with the GAA to, to have the rights of all the matches played. GAA go. If it's, if it's going to go to that, get rid of the GAA live television thing and... Let everybody have the who's interested watch the matches on television, and let let the let whatever 
board matches being played, let them pay RT X amount to bring the cameras down. You know, the same, the same as the, the football in Cork. You, you'd often see the television bands outside Turner's Cross. Yeah, so why not do the same for, for, for all the matches that people are interested in? Interesting. Rainer, you make some good points. I know your tongue is very much in your cheek, but to be fair, you're well able to stir it up. <laughs> Thank you, sir. 0818969696. But between all the missing and the ball hopping, he, he does have arguments about it that are worth listening to. Actually, speaking about stuff being free to air, I'm reading from the examiner that the Minister for the Media, yes, there is such a thing, the Minister for the Media has laid down a list of stuff that she believes must be free to air. This ties in with the whole GAA Go thing uh, and the selling of rights to the likes of Sky Sports or, or wherever that the minister believes that, and just give you a couple of them, should be free to air, should be available on either, I suppose, RTE or Virgin Media. The quarters and semis of the All-Ireland Football and Hurling Championships, the finals of the Senior and Football and Hurling Provincials, quarters and semis of the Camogie and the finals of Provincial, same with ladies' football, Ireland's games in the UEFA Nations League, men and women. Home and away qualifying games in the FIFA Women's World Cup. And the European Women's Football Championship. All of Ireland's games in the men's Six Nations Rugby should be free to air and live. Ireland's games in the women's as well. And in the World Cups and all that. Uh, and the final of the European Rugby Champions Cup should be free to air if there's an Irish provincial team in it. That's just one of the things she's she's recommending. Oh wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. PJ Croke Park and the Bank are running Parky Cueve. So what they say goes, and realistically, this is out of Cork's hands. Thanks for that, Pat. It's an interesting take. Why did Cork County Board make it impossible for people to attend matches? By not allowing cash to be paid at the gate. Every penny helps, I thought, when you're in debt, says Anne. That's an ongoing one, and it's one that people are not comfortable with. It's one that a lot of older matchgoers didn't like and don't like. And personally, I don't like it myself. I think people should have the choice, but thank you, Anne. Bernie, it has piqued the interest in sport, at least. While the debt has to be paid, what's annoying people is the high-handed way it was all done behind closed doors without even the O'Queeve family contacted, and the media not allowed in last night. We can't disrespect our history just because of money. I don't think Super Value Park O'Queeve is a good solution. It's too much of a mouthful, and it only draws attention to the controversy every time you mention it. J.P. McManus isn't looking for any sponsorship or naming rights on stadiums in Limerick. They should learn from him, says Dave. True. JP gave a million euro to every GAA club in the country. He has great time for the GAA and for its ethos, says Michael. Was he approached with a view to solving the budget crisis, with a view to either getting a straight-out grant or putting together a more acceptable package? He'd sure sort things out. And Mary, Mary Newman, on a point of clarification to a comment by the caller Gavin, Cork GAA don't fund Cork Camogie or Cork Ladies Football. They're funded by the Ladies' County Boards. Thanks, thanks, Mary. We will come back to this in the fullness of time. There's a lot more 
to be talked about. Imagine being made homeless on Christmas Day. And imagine that happened in the most dramatic and tragic way possible. That's what happened to Shannon. I'll talk to her next. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. Now, you might remember back to Christmas Day when we were all sitting down in the evening, full and fat from the dinner and settling down to watch the telly. News broke of a house fire in the Mardike area of Cork City and a fairly devastating house fire at that and a number of people had to be hospitalised after it. Shannon, that was your home. You were made homeless that evening, Christmas Day. Where have you been staying since? Good morning to you. So actually, we were staying down in Cove for two weeks down in Bella Vista through the APS. Yeah. But they got us a B&B now, so we're not too bad in the city centre. You're in the city. Now on yeah. Christmas Day, you weren't in your house when this happened, but what happened? No, see, I was actually up my mum's having dinner, thankfully, because when we arrived back, the whole place was up in flames. Like, I was told that, like, some crazy person went in there and just, like, set it alight. Wow. There was, the fire brigade was everywhere, the guards were everywhere. I, we weren't left near the property. Everything was all blocked off. And there was a big crowd of people there watching what was going on. Was it just yeah. you were living there or was there other people? No, there was other people living there. There was my, my neighbour above us. The landlord himself was living there. And when they they were hospitalised, they actually had to, they were in the building when it happened, you see, so they couldn't get out until the fire brigade got there. Frightening. Absolutely frightening. You've lost pretty much everything, I suppose, have you? Yeah, I've lost everything. My down, down to shoes and clothes, I, you know, everything is gone. Like, and my partner, mostly my partner, like if he's not, he's from Lithuania and he lost his birth cert and everything, all his paperwork in the fire. Oh, no. That's tough for him. Very tough. Yeah. Yeah. And was he with you at at your mum's for dinner, yeah? Oh, he was, thankfully, yeah. Yeah. So at least none of you were hurt, but you've kind of got to start again from scratch. How quickly did how quickly did APS find you something? They well I I was in I'm homeless after the last few years, like so in and out of homelessness. And usually they just put me straight into the Simon and that's that. And I just told them, like, I don't want to go near the Simon. I don't want, I want to stay away from him. Just that's getting sober and all that. So they ended up, they ended up putting us into the hotel down in Cove. Yeah. So for the last two weeks. And then this week, well, Friday gone is when we got to the B&B here in the city. Okay. And you happy with that for now anyway? Yeah, like, well, I'm overjoyed because I really thought they were going to set, try separate us and put him somewhere else and me somewhere else, <laughs> which they have done before. Like, <laughs> But no, they kept us together this time. Good. So, How long are you together? We're together the last year. Oh, good. <laughs> going good. on a year now. Good, 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 good. And you said you had just got sober. Must be a struggle at a tough time like this. Is it a struggle to hold on to your sobriety? It is, of course, like, but 
Oh, just having him help get through it, I suppose, and having my family help me as well Good. a little bit. That's great. You're looking for help to try to get yourselves back in your feet. Yeah. It's just really just with clothes and with shoes and with trying to get some some sentimental things back, really. Yeah. I started a GoFundMe page, but it didn't really get much attention, so... Yeah. You know. Were you able to go back into the place after the fire? Was there anything that you could save? You know, yeah, we went in. We, I was at, we actually went back the very next day, and we just went in, and the fire brigade was there, and there was about just literally the room down below us, the low, the lowest room, had was be it was saved a little, but none of my or none of our stuff was saved in the room above. That's an awful pity. Yeah, our room was completely burnt down, like destroyed. Like we couldn't even get up the stairs to it because. It was that bad because it was leaking. There was holes in the room we were in, and it was leaking down onto us, like we'd be afraid, like we go through the floor or something. Oh, that's that's terrible, Shannon. I know. Yeah. Have you got help from penny dinners, that kind of thing? Yeah. So we, I was, I have often went down to penny dinners. I did the runs during the day, but they only give us out like a sandwich or so a meal for that that hour, like yeah. you know. Yeah, it's clothes and shoes you need, shoes especially. Yeah. They don't, like, I haven't really got any help with clothes or shoes or anything like that. Just the small things, really, because, like, there's not much, like, I can really get back from the house and, you know, and there's not, I can really, you know, it's just mostly clothes and shoes. Yeah. Had you stuff at home, like, that you could get or... Like there's, I, I lost loads like I lost the TV I lost a brand new couch I was just after buying for the place oh. I lost loads of things but like there's no point asking for them when I'm staying in a B&B you know no no what I mean is the rent thing, was there anything in your home place like your mum's place that clothes or shoes or anything like that no 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 you see I brought everything down just you know <laughs> I was there I was there the last seven months living with my parents you see I know not much there's not much and I, I kind of made it my home as much as it was his <laughs> sure sure and have APS told you is there any chance of moving on from the B&B or is, is that where it is now for the foreseeable future yeah so I'm not too sure really so we'll, they said that they'll give us check back on check back up on us in the next two weeks so right. I'll probably have to go back into home and they'll probably I don't know, have assessment about how we're getting on down there and whatever, but I'm not too sure. I heard, I was talking to one of the fellas that actually are living here and he's living here over a year. Yeah. So. Yeah, so they're helpful, but sure, there's no space, there's nowhere to send. There's no, yeah, the place, like, for the the housing has gone very bad. Like, I'm on the housing list myself the last nine years. And it's just because I've no kids, I've no, you know, nothing like that, that I, I'm never going to get housed like I, I feel. know what you mean. You know? I know what you mean. Um, so if anybody can help, they can contact us and we'll, we'll put them in touch with you. C- come back to your sobriety. A fair play to you for getting through such a, such a trauma. Do you, do, you, do you go to meetings or what do you do? No, well, to be honest, I haven't really done really anything about that at the moment. Yeah. Um, just the trauma of it really has set in though a little bit. Like t- I'm, I'm grateful I wasn't there when it happened because yeah. of the, you know, that two other people were put, three, three other people were put in hospital that day. It's under investigation, so best not to say a whole pile. Yeah, of it. I, I know what you mean. Investigation to that, yeah. 
bit scary, do you think? Like, Christmas Day of all days. Yeah, that's what made it even worse because we had such a great day up my mother's and then to return back to your place that you finally made your own, you know, made your home, like, broke my heart. Like, I was lucky as well. I was going to leave my cat there with my... Because I got cat off my mum that I brought down. (laughs) And I was going to leave the cat there, but my mum was like, no, bring the cat up for today. So I did. (laughs) Thankfully, I did. Good. Thanks for the goodness. Shannon, I hope that if anyone knows what you should do next or if they can help you, that they they come to us. I I wish you and your partner well and and good luck and hopefully it all works out for you. You seem to be getting the best they can give you anyway from APS, which is a good thing. Yeah, I know. To be honest, they've worked very hard for us to get us this place. Like, and... We're, for, we're actually so grateful because they are, there's other people living in the same and, you know. Well, look, you, ha- you have a good day and hopefully it all works out for the better soon enough. I will, of course. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Take care now. Thank Bye-bye. 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 Jan, my best to your partner as well. Uh, Shannon. Uh, Kate, sorry to hear what you're going through. Uh, I myself am aware of one vacant property owned by the council in Carrigaline. I can never understand this when you hear stories about people in terrible need trying to rebuild their lives after a disaster like that. Kate, we get those stories all the time. Thank you for it. Vacant places, right, left and centre, uh, that are would be perfectly suitable under the circumstances for... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. For Shannon and her partner, places that are locked up, the so-called voids that are locked up. And yeah, they will be done up and they will be refurbed and they will be let out again. Well, why wouldn't you just let those nice people have them now when they need it most? That would be just my take. I might be wrong too. I was wrong once in 1988, I think. So I might be wrong. <laughs> I'm only messing. 0818-969696. We mentioned earlier there was a fire car on fire on the Ballancolic Bypass. Anna is on and she's very cross. She said, it's a fright to God. The Ballancolic Fire Station is still lying empty. Only a few minutes away. So this car fire out on the bypass 
Lovely big shiny fire station up the road. Nobody there. Fire brigade has to come from the middle of town. We talked a lot about that last year, Anna. It hasn't gone away, as they say. We no doubt we'll come back to it. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six on Monday morning. I was chatting to Stephanie, uh, who's from Cork, but eleven years ago decided herself and her partner will be give it a lash for a year. Will be head off to Australia. That, as I say, was eleven years ago. She has since been joined out there by her two brothers and their families. And as she told me on Monday, and if you want to listen back, you'll find the podcast. Her parents are now even considering moving out there initially for six months and maybe to see what what future might be out there for them. There's a takeover going on. And there are, if you read the papers and look at the news and if you direct very personal ties to it at the moment, as I have, there are thousands of people chancing it for a year or maybe two and staying out there, uh, many of them. A lot of them come home. Most of them come home. But they stay out there. Um, we got a call after I was chatting to Stephanie from a man called Noel Kavanagh, who said, there's a Cork man who is the Western Australian consulate, Irish consulate in Western Australia. His name is Martin Kavanagh, and he's my brother. And he left Cork for Perth 33 years ago. Martin Kavanagh, good morning or good evening in that part of the world. Good evening, PJ. Your brothers always get you in trouble, don't they? <laughs> he rang up and said, you never know, this fella, he's honorary consul of Ireland to Western Australia. Come here, that'll tell you, won't it, just how many of us are out there. There are, there are huge amounts of us, and I'm in Western Australia, so there's roughly, depending on who you talk to, but roughly about 15,000 Irish born, and about a quarter of a million Irish connections, and so it's a very strong community. People have been coming to Australia, and particularly Perth, voluntarily and involuntarily for since the foundation of the, of the, of the country, really, so, and there's a huge amount of Cork people, which obviously... It benefits Western Australia and Perth. It's good to have the, the cream of cork um, out here for a while anyway and see if we can hold on to them for a little while. You're right. Um, some people come for a year. I sort of planned to come for a year and I ended up 33 years. So there you go. Yeah. Go back to that. Did you just decide, I mean, 33 years ago, what was it, the middle, the middle 90s? Do you 91, just up, you, yeah, you just up sticks? Oh, yeah, look, there was some context. I think in um, uh, 1991, I finally realized that I was gay. So Ireland wasn't a fantastic place to be in in 1991. So I decided to get as far away as I could. And that was either Canada or Australia. And mm. um, that was the real reason. And um, But I was only planning to travel for a while and find some space. And uh, um, 33 years later, here I am. Did you meet somebody? Uh, I did <laughs> Richard and we've been together a long time um, but you know Ireland was a is, I think I, I know sooner I left and Ireland improved so they must have said we got rid of Kavanaugh and we'll change but you know it's wonderful to see Ireland um, being the first country in the world to uh, popularly by, sorry by referendum uh, prove marriage equality and everything else so yeah. Australia was sort of that far away place and, and um, yeah. Ireland Ireland's an amazing league culturally and diverse uh, country now. It's wonderful to see so many different 
people and everything um, and for gay rights to be so prominent. But it was a bit difficult at the time. So mm. sorry if that shocks you, but that was the real no, reason. No, it doesn't. I, I remember it very well, it. Martin. I remember it very well because at the time I was involved in this line of work and I was also involved in entertainment and music. And, and I remember friends of mine who were gay and having to literally hide their love lives. And I felt so sorry for them. It was just awful. It really was. So, and it when, was, and it, when you landed was, out there, yeah. was there was was it yeah. more welcoming? Could you be could you be yourself, as it were, when you landed in Paris? Well, it was fu- it was funny because, um, like a lot of people, I didn't fully understand the geography of Australia. So I landed in Perth, uh, which is on the west coast, and I had assumed everything was like Mardi Gras in Sydney. And actually, I, as it turned out, Western Australia at the time wasn't much better at the start. And than Ireland in terms of legislation and criminality. But it, the, the Australians tend to be very uh, open, laid back and, and open-minded. And um, I found that a, a great relief. And, um, you know, they, they're not a particularly religious uh, nation. And Ireland, even then, not blaming religion, but Ireland was still a very conservative um, Catholic country back in 91. It's a lot different now and a lot more diverse. Um, so the Australians sort of really don't care what you do in your private life very much. Uh, most of them, that is. And they tend to be fairly laid back, except when it comes to rules and regulations. I think they... Um, the old story is that the Australians got their got their money from the they got their money from the Scottish their their laws from the English and their love of life and their and their larrikinism from the Irish. So there's the three together. But um, if you if you park your ro- your car in the wrong direction in Western Australia, you'll have a ticket very very soon. Yeah. You can't just abandon your car. So they're very so they've got a reputation for being you know uh, very laid back and crocodile Dundee and all that. And that that's true to a certain degree, but. When it comes to rules and regulations and parking and speeding and all of that, yeah. they're terribly straight down the line. But yeah. other than that, it's um, they're fine. It's funny. I was watching my daughter and her and her boyfriend putting together their forms. They're gone out there. Well, they'll be there in a couple of weeks. They got out there for a year on one of these working visas. And I was looking at the amount of of paperwork. And one bit of advice they were given along the way was: don't miss a crossed T. Don't forget to dot an I. Keep the rules and we'll welcome you with open arms. Break them and you're on your own. That's right. And and the practical problem that that they're very much like that, but practically as well, um, you know, Australian immigration, if you go a day beyond your visa and become a visa less, then they they will come down very hard and send you back. But if you apply for a bridging visa, so it's the, the whole thing of... Um, stay within the law, circumstances will change, but tell us about it, but don't hide it and don't pretend yeah. because all, all of the computer systems here with the, are linked to so the police system, the passport system, the immigration system. So, so you know, some poor um, Irish people and people of all nations might get pulled over on a random sort of um, breath test check or a a road check or a vehicle inspection, and then their name will pop up and say the visa has expired, and then they'll be sent straight to immigration and detention, and that's a whole um, yeah. process in itself. Yeah. So, yeah. so no, the Australians love life, but they love regulations as well, yes. which is which is fair. And, enough and they that. enforce them, which, which and you know we're like Martin as Irish people, mm-hmm. we know the rules yeah. are there. We can. Yeah. I know that is that a culture shock for people when they arrive there. Oh. Very much so. That will be grand. That doesn't wash in Australia. So, you know, just, I mean, I don't know how things are in Ireland for late night pubs and drinking, but to give you an example, yeah. if it says midnight, if it says midnight closing in a Perth pub, 
the pub will be closed and and everybody will out be out and the staff will be gone by midnight. It won't be like half twelve or one a.m. Staff and all gone. Done, done. You know, there's no sort of how can we have one extra? Nothing. That's it. So it's it's twelve o'clock out, not twelve o'clock, and we'll get some last drinks at five to twelve. No, the Australians are very strict on us. So, so a lot of Irish, not not all, but a, so I, that's a bit of a culture shock for a lot of young Irish people. Um, and they have, you know, a lot of sort of, um, you know, for example, they'll have police officers come around in a bar to check and see if you've been drinking, which sounds quite stupid when you think about it. But what they're really saying is, have you had too much? And, you know, very often in the early days, a police officer asked me, um, why my my eyes slightly glazing over? And I said, I've had three or four pints. And then they start saying, well, has he had too much? And that kind of thing. So there's a bit of... Um, oh, really? Puritanism, some so they'd, people would they'd call come it. So they'd well. come into the pub and they'd see you getting a bit, maybe, a big, yeah. a big, a big I mean, silly smile on your face and they might send you home. Yes. Like. Oh, yeah, or a fellow might pop out for a smoke and he's had a few and he comes back in and then the security or the police there and say... Oh, you look like you've had a few, to which the answer will be, I have. Um, but we think that you've had too much, so off you go. So those kind of things um, can create some cultural problems. So we like to think of the Australians as larrikin and, and uh, crocodile dundee, and, they, and, and there's a great, they're a very yeah. good, decent, or fun-loving people. But when it comes to rules, yeah. 100%. So uh, you just got to watch it. Where's your, sorry, may I ask where your daughter's headed to? She's headed for Melbourne. She's headed for Melbourne. Melbourne, fantastic place. Big city. Um, she'll enjoy it there. Um, um, weather's maybe not as hot as you'd find in Queensland or the West, Western Australia, but a beautiful part. Yes. It's where the, um, it's where the, it's the, the Melbournians like to call it the arts and cultural capital of uh, Australia. Yep. The uh, Sydney people obviously have a different view on that because they see there's a great rivalry between Sydney and Melbourne. There's such a huge number, like you said. Is it what? A, did you say to me a quarter of a million claim descendancy alone? You just, yeah. So in Western Australia, and the figures will change a bit, but roughly fifteen thousand Irish born and a quarter of a million. And the ambassador will uh, kill me, but I think the overall figure is maybe one in eight or something. I'm hoping that will claim some degree of heritage or connection. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the numbers are growing. It, I mean. At this time of year, uh, for example, in Perth, it's, the weather is scorching hot. I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but January is the middle of summer here. Whereas I, I think we tend, to, we tend to get a bit depressed in Cork after the, you know, all the festivities of Christmas and the cold and going back to work. But it's, uh, so, so December through to March or February are, is our summer. Yeah. And it's scorching hot, it's good weather. And well, it's well I'm, looking, I'm looking out now, Martin, at beautiful, beautiful sunny weather, but it's barely above freezing. What's it there now? Uh, and I'm stu- and I'm in the air conditioning trying to keep it keep my calm. And at 36, 37, we've just had a heat wave of over four, a few days over 40, which is killing. Um, yeah. But it's starting to cool down to the mid mid 30s now. But I mean, it's a great lifestyle, and you know, um, a lot of Irish people, young people in particular, just want to do the one year or the two year, depending. They can always extend to a second year if they want. They want to. I, hope, I don't want to be setting off alarm bills for you. Yeah, but there, there's a thing actually, Martin, on that. that on that one because it's it's been discussed, and there are 21,000 Irish people in Australia at the moment on working visas. So I imagine it's a it's a conversation being had. This idea, do you have to go out into the country and pick fruit to qualify for a second oh, year? Or is that a myth? 
Uh, well, not so. They, they're they're making it easier to get the second year because they need the people, you know. So so they've also so they broadened the the so that normally what they would say is there's a certain geographic area you have to leave and go to the country, and that's becoming shorter and shorter. So there are some jobs you can do now, for example, and stay in Perth, uh, where other times you have to sort of go off and do that uh, fruit picking and that. But it's changing a lot because since COVID. Um, obviously, we lost a huge amount of young people, uh, went back to their, their homes, and there's a big move to try and get people back again. But obviously, uh, they're making it easier. But again, you know, practical things that your mum would have told you, you know, make sure you have travel insurance, uh, you know, make sure that you have a return ticket, make sure you have some contacts, um, because, you know, you're, you're a long way from home. And things can go wrong. Um, so plan ahead. And when you're that, when you're that age, you think mm. you're invulnerable and nothing will go yeah. wrong. But you know, unfortunately, things do go wrong. Yeah, the, the the communication, of course, has changed dramatically when you landed there in the nineties. I mean, the, the 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 thoughts of talking to me as if you were sitting next to me. Is, was, Absolutely, and I mean, and you know, you know, I mean, and the, 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 you mean phone boxes and and ex, you know, hugely expensive calls, and everyone then relying on letters and stuff like that. Sure, who writes letters now or who expects letters, you know? So it, it is, I mean, it's fantastic with social media and it, you do feel a lot more connected to home, but it's still a long, long way. It still yeah. is the other end of the world, you know? So having, uh, establishing friends, keeping in contact with the Irish organizations and just creating, maintaining those links to Ireland are really important. I mean, yeah. you still want to, you don't want to sort of stay just with the Irish. You want to go and experience the Australian yeah. experience and all the other well, young people around. But but it's good to it's good, for, and we always advise them to stay connected. And and of course, the GA is one of the the best uh, organizations. I'm a huge fan of it. I, I became a, I was a fan of it when I played with Napierschik and played very badly. If there was a seventh <laughs> division team, I think I was the full back on it. But uh, when I come out to Australia, you know, the GA really does look after people. It's the it's where they. A lot of young people will go to. They'll get a leg up. They'll get they get a job. They'll get a connection, and you know it's a regular. Then you know, twenty six weeks of the year playing hurling or football, which is fantastic. It's an, it's an amazing, and then that, that that connection with home. You know, and a lot of you know, it, it sometimes people won't admit it, but you know, it can. It's sometimes if you're on your own, it can be a lonely experience, or. You may not have as you won't have as many friends as you have back at home in Cork. So to to be able to go there every week and not have it to explain yourself yes. and to just be yeah. dragged into things yeah. is very good, I think, for mental health and, and just for just just avoiding loneliness. Because sometimes when you're that age, you don't want to say you know whenever when people from home ask you how you're doing, everything's grand and everything's fantastic. But you know, human nature being what it is, we're we're we're, we're all subject or prone to a bit of loneliness mm. and and social isolation at times. When's the last time you were back in Cork? I was back, back in Cork for the, would you believe it, the jazz festival. And it was the, it was fantastic for the jazz festival, but impossible to catch up with everybody. And I was back for the, there was um, a national conference of honorary consuls in Dublin with the Department of Foreign Affairs. So mm -hmm. I only came to Cork for the weekend, not realising uh, until it was too late that it was the jazz weekend. So it was great to be there and we had great fun. But I, um, I'm, I'm hopefully back in May next year because, believe it or not, it's the 40th year of my graduation from UCC and there's a big celebration planned for all the B-coms of 19, 1984. Uh, B-coms so really of 1984? Four. There holy you go. Moly, there you go. <laughs> holy moly, I probably know some of that class. Well, about two, three hundred. I think it's about two hundred seventy-five. Was a lot of the a lot of us started out as accountants. I don't think that many finished up. But um, 
it was a, it was one of the best times of my life, and that you know first time at university and first person in my family to get there from Farnry, and it was just an amazing time and friends I've maintained forever. But I even I was shocked when I got the email about forty years. But there were, there'd be a big collection of bean counters, accountants, and and other other um, occupations. In if there's anything like the common con that I remember, there'll be more than just bean counting going on. There'll be a few pints. A few pints will be sank and and well and well deserved. It's it's fantastic to well catch deserved. up. Your advice, Martin, yeah. lastly, to anybody who ha- either is planning to come or has someone just gone. Your, your advice, because there's never been as many if people there. Yeah, if, if you're coming, I do a little bit of research. I'd highly recommend a, a website called um, Irish Families in Perth. And it's a wonderful social network set up by some of our, our local Irish people there. And they have advice on everything from how to get a job, visas, babysitting, where can I, do I have to go, for, uh, you know, um, picking fruit, whatever. Do all of that. And then you can ask your questions and, and really, and do a bit of planning. Figure out as well the time of year. I mean, now is our summer, so it's the reverse of everything you'd think of uh, mm. back in Cork. Um, so, you know, the, the best months to be here are really sort of November through to May, May or June. Uh, whereas if you come here for your June holidays, you're going to be mis- you're gonna, not miserable, you're going to be very cold. And in, and how in cold now is very work. cold, Martin? How, no, how, how? Oh, well, I know you said, I mean, sometimes it even gets down to 10 or 11, you know. But if you're... That's short, if you're, that's if you're, short sleeves, it, that's short sleeves. <laughs> well, you see, people say that and then they come out because they, they're, they're freezing. But I mean, if you're in somewhere like Tasmania or Canberra, it might get down to two or three degrees. But um, that's the thing. And the other thing is, if you can... And, and if it's for all the Irish mammies and daddies listening, if you can get them to get health, um, not health insurance, but rather travel insurance, please do, because not every, there is a reciprocal health agreement, which is, a, I think, a great achievement of, free, of some of our ambassadors in years gone by, whereby if, if there is medically necessary treatment, you will be treated in an Australian hospital. But there are always other things that go wrong, not just health, that if you can take some insurance, that would be really worth it. Um, and plan your timing and plan when you're going to move around and, and, and make, do, do a bit more research on how many months I can work in a particular place. And don't assume, and I, now we desperately need young people for a whole range of things, and particularly in hospitality and, and related industries, but um, don't just assume that it's the streets uh, paved with gold. Do a bit of planning. Think okay. it through a little bit and get onto one of those websites like Irish Families in Perth okay. or Sydney uh, and make sure you fill out your forms properly because the, <laughs> the Australians will hold you to it. But and other than that, it's a fantastic opportunity. Your daughter's going to have a great time. I'm going to miss her horribly, but I, I, I already do and she's only gone a week. But I, I'm so jealous of her. I'm, I think that, that the, the thing to remember, lastly, Martin, is um, order your last point good and early. <laughs> very early, very early. <laughs> and there'll be nobody doing you favours. And, uh, and don't be surprised if a police officer asks you in a pub if you've had a drink. All right, listen, take care of yourself. A great chatting with you. And we'll stay in touch. Uh, interesting gentleman went to 33 years ago to Perth in Australia and he is the Honorary Consul of Ireland in that part of Australia. A Corkman from Farron... I'm like, like, sorry lads, have we colonised the flippin' world from Farron <laughs> Martin Kavanagh, thank you. 
there, Troy Tuberty here. Be part of my new adventure this Sunday on Cork's 96 FM. Cork's 96 FM. I'd have something for everyone with a mixture of conversation, laughter, and great music. Talk to you this Sunday from 10 a.m. The Ryan Tuberty Show on a Sunday in association with High and I. For every kind of driver, there's a High and I. Find yours at highandi.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Premier League Live is back this weekend with uh, Trevor and the team on Saturday afternoon at 96fm.ie from midday, powered by TalkSport. Live coverage of Arsenal against Crystal Palace at half past 12, then Brentford against Notts Forest at half past 5, and everything else as it comes in from around the grounds. On the Premier League Live, online with Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. You're listening Saturday on the Cork's 96fm app, or you're going to 96fm.ie. Here's an odd story. I warn you, if there's small ears around, probably cover them. And if you're sensitive, probably listen. Sort of beware. (laughs) So this is the story of a fellow called Damien Burns from Charleville, who was putting himself out there in London as a eunuch maker. A what, PJ? A eunuch maker. And what does he do, PJ? He makes a eunuch out of you. And what's a eunuch, PJ? It's a fellow with no nothing down there because it has been cut off. No, I'm not joking here. So this fellow, Damien Burns, has been sent to jail for five years by... The Old Bailey, a judge at the Old Bailey. He, a man called Marius Gustafsson, got Damien Burns to cut off his, um, his landing gear, shall we call it? Well, what else am I supposed to say? To cut off his landing gear with a kitchen knife. He paid him to cut off his landing gear. With a kitchen knife. And then they took video. And they were supposed to post it on some demented part of social media. And also, he was supposed to give Mr. Gustafsson a video of him removing the landing gear with a kitchen knife. This took place on February 18th of 2017. Um, Gustafsson was actually the, the ringleader of what the uh, papers describe as an extreme body modifications group. (laughs) And Burns himself also asked for a copy of the video. And according to what came out in court, uh, he said, well, that's one off the bucket list. That's an unusual thing to be on anybody's bucket list. The court was shown very disturbing videos and all that. Um, you know, it is a very um, serious and disturbing story, but the Cork eunuch maker, the eunuch maker of Charleville, you have to think of a title for that. The eunuch, the eunuch, eunuch maker of Charleville was jailed at the Old Bailey for five years. The judge, a man called Mark Lucraft, said the offences would be viewed as disgusting and abhorrent. And I'm thinking, judge, not to mention bloody painful. So tell me 
listen to Cork's 96FM on your smart speaker. Press play and step to the beat. Simply say, play Cork's 96FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Yeah, there's still a fair amount of stuff coming in about the proposal to rebrand or rename or retitle, whatever you want to call it yourself, uh, Parky Cueve. And if you've missed the news, what happened last night was that the county board didn't vote on it at all. Um, they were supposed to, but they didn't. And it's gone back for further discussion now between between the county board and, um, and Musgraves. Musgraves seem to be digging in their heels and wanting it to be called Super Value Park, that's just according to the papers. Most groups haven't issued a statement. Uh, but certainly the vibe coming out of last night's county board meeting from the delegates there was, look, if we must have a brand on it, then let it be Super Value Park Equive. And indeed the grandson, speaking on this program, the grandson of Padraig O'Keeve, uh, Donald O'Keeve, said, well, that would be something that would sit far better with him. Uh, he was still very annoyed, though, that the thing had gone ahead without consultation with his family. And moreover, that the discussion had taken place behind closed doors. That bothered him even more. Mary says, why can't Super Value just give the money and leave the name alone? And if they do change, put Super Value last, says Mary. That's kind of not how sponsorship works, Mary, but fair play. It's a view. Uh, what about Parky Cueve SV? says Noel. Parky Creeve Super Value? Yeah. A dual naming of oh, Frank. Frank! Dual naming would be okay, but would it become a centre of excellence? That actually, that actually deserves either a large boo or... <laughs> would it become a centre of excellence, asks Frank. There's loads more of you. You really are interested in this. Um, so... Cork County Board can only blame themselves over this. The GA owned the pitch and SuperValue, along with other companies, will eventually own the park. And you won't see a hurling or football match. It'll be all rugby and music. Speaking of naming stands, don't forget the great late Kevin or Kieran O'Connor. True. PJ, <laughs> if Victoria's Secret offered the Dublin County Board a million a year... Do you think they'd accept changing Croke Park to Victoria's Secret Stadium? Cork are thinking of changing an iconic name to a ridiculous name for peanuts. Why not just put the price of a journey, the jersey, up by two quid? They'd probably make more uh, with less. Someone said last night, yeah, could we not call it after something other than a chicken roll shop? Which is highly unfair to super value but look, that is that is what it is 0818 96 96 96 now I'm going to move on and talk to our own Trevor Welsh of the score and Trevor you have your own little rant of the day which I think will resonate with a lot of people but just while I have you I'm back on the score on a Sunday afternoon 2 to 6 on Cork's 96 FM and the Premier League live on Saturday online your thoughts on on on, on the Parky Cueve if you have them Trev morning 
Yeah, morning, Peach. Um, you know, I was on uh, I was on radio yesterday, actually, and I was uh, I was just giving my own view on it. So I spoke to a lot of uh, ex GA players and a lot of GA fans since it's uh, come out, and I said to a man and woman, uh, nobody wants the Super Value Park. Um, and I was listening to Donald earlier. He made obviously a lot of great points, and he's uh, uh, close. Uh, he personal this personal to him, obviously, but. Um, I, I agree with him when he said that, you know, he wouldn't mind if we called Super Value Park, he could keep the name. Uh, I'd, I'd agree with that. But uh, I, I have heard, Peach, like for the last couple of years, that there was a few heavy weights waiting to come in for yeah. the naming rights of Park Equive. Like Sports Direct came up and there was rumour that Adidas were interested as well. I'm not sure that they would want like Adidas Park Equive, like Lansdowne Road, uh, Aviva Stadium. It's, uh, it's kind of known as the Aviva Stadium, I suppose. Uh, not Lansdowne Road, but uh, you know, Virgin Media have come in as well, obviously to to Musgrave Park. Yeah, it, it, it's you know, happening, doesn't it? it happens, it's happening across the world of sport, isn't it, Trev? I mean, you follow the European soccer all the time. So there's hardly a big stadium over there now that doesn't have a brand name on it. Yeah, I mean, with the football, I suppose you know, it's 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 always going to be the like old trappers of the world, Anfields. You know, yeah. the Bernabeu, New Camp. Um, it's 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 happening more. I think in you know with rugby and J. Um, the J. Obviously, uh, you have Emirates, don't you? And you have Spotify you, Stadium and all those places. It, it's yeah. it's happening. We'll see where it goes over the next week, couple of weeks, and months. Come here, Trev. You were buying a sandwich, and I think people will resonate with this. You were buying a sandwich on your way to work. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was talking to a researcher Fergal Sunday because I was kind of uh, irked by. In fact, I was I was in the city um, doing a bit of shopping on Sunday before I went to work, and uh, I felt a bit uh, peckish, so I just went into O'Brien's uh, near um, was a, uh, near Oliver Blanca Street there, uh, Winthrop Street area. So um, I just bought a sandwich and a pack of potato, and for a tenner I got thirty cent back. So I don't usually ask for a receipt when I'm buying a sandwich, but. I did in this occasion because I thought that was uh, a bit expensive. How much did the potato cost or how much did the sandwich cost? Yeah. But uh, to my surprise, when I got the receipt, it was seven ninety five for a basic sandwich with uh, ham and two, two bits of tomato in it. But I showed it to, to Fergie when I got in and I said, you think that's a bit overpriced? Um, you know, we're asked to, I suppose, support the local businesses in Cork. And then when you're paying that much money for a sandwich, it's yeah. hard to justify it. And uh, You'd normally buy it at the supermarket, would you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd normally buy it, you know, nearer work, I suppose, cost cutters there, centres, and none of those are over a fiver yeah. for the same sandwich, because I get that a lot, that kind of sandwich I like, but uh, it's, uh, none of them are over a fiver, so I thought nearly eight quid, like, yeah. for a sandwich with just basic right. ham and two sliced tomatoes. Slice, slice pan, pork. butter, two bits of ham, and two bits of tomato, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know you're more important things to talk about, but I was talking to people since, and they had said, funny enough, that they were in Man Point recently, and in O'Brien's they saw some combo, like just, I don't know what it was, but it was 12-something, and they said, oh no, we went home and made one sandwiches. Like, it's, you know, if you're supporting, you know, local business like that, it was way overpriced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've been talking so much about local business, Trevor, struggling with the cost of doing business. And and as they struggle with the costs, so do we, because they're passing the costs on to, on to the likes of you and me, and that's why it costs eight quid for a, a ham and tomato sandwich. It, it's, a, it's a state of how things are, I would have said. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what your listeners think. Like, But, you know, if you're 
you know, you wouldn't have gone in every day put it that way to buy a sandwich. We'd be broke. But, um, you know, it's just interesting what your listeners think. And, and I'm told as well, like, that you're being charged to sit down as well, which I haven't sat down, so I, I couldn't verify that, yeah. but I was told, you know. You didn't sit down, you just took it as a takeaway and it was still as expensive yeah. as that. All right, Trev. Cheers. Back with the score Sunday afternoon. And I've no doubt if anything happens with regards to Super Value, Parky Cueve or whatever it's going to be called between now and then, Trevor will have all the skinny for you. Sunday afternoon, 2 to 6 on the score on Cork's 96 FM. And indeed, if you're listening on Saturday on Premier League Live on the app, he'll have all the updates from across the water and live commentary. Thanks, Trev. 0818 96 96 96. Eight quid for a ham and tomato sandwich. And I vowed a few months ago to take it, take into account how much it actually costs a restaurant to put a sandwich together. But when you think of two bits of a sliced pan and two bits of ham and a scrape of butter and a couple of slices of tomato and you put it in a bag, not into a plate. And then if he didn't stop there, he could come up the road to Cost Cutter, which is down around the corner from us here in on Bridge Street, and you get the very same sandwich, the very same sandwich for uh, under the fiver. That that is that annoys people. And actually, yesterday talking about the, the price of a, a full Irish breakfast, uh, people were saying they're paying fifteen, sixteen quid for a full Irish breakfast, but Duns can do it for under six. See, all that is, all that feeds into the discussion on the cost of eating out and the cost of eating locally and the cost of doing business. Actually, Sean got on to us this morning at uh, 083 396 96 He said, further to the crisis in restaurants, Michal Martin is on about delaying the warehouse taxes owed by the restaurants post-COVID. Would it not be a better gesture if the government just wiped the slate for the owners of those restaurants? After all, they refused billions in tax owed by Apple should take a lot off the minds of the owners. But as usual, the government will come up with some excuse as to why they can't do it. Just my tuppence worth. You're not the first one. I mentioned it yesterday, Sean. And indeed, someone has come back to us now. And again, like there's about, they reckon about 1.7 billion euro tied up in that warehouse tax. And while every reputable business that's out there will pay to the best of its ability, the tax that is warehoused for it, Sean's suggestion, and others are making it, we're in surplus. Michael McGrath has been going on about surplus and how much surplus we're going to have over the next number of years and how many how much surplus we have as it is. Would it be, and Here's the thing, I'm not, I'm not going to say yes or no to this because I don't know enough about it. I'm not an accountant. What would you think? Sean's idea would be, look, we have the money we have the money, to be fair. What would you think of the government stepping in at about 1.7 billion tied up in what they call warehoused tax debt? What would you feel about the government just wipe it out? Just Michael McGrath takes out the checkbook, writes a check and says, right, you're all in the clear, if that helps. What would you think of that? It sounds terrible simplistic. It sounds very socialist. It sounds it sounds like a practically doable thing. 
But your thoughts, Sean's suggestion, the warehouse tax debt that is going to kick in in May for all of these businesses that are struggling. Write it off. What would you think? 0818969696. Win a pair of Apple AirPods with Quartz 96 FM. Just take our 10-minute music survey and you're in the draw. Tell us the tunes you'd listen to on repeat and what songs we should delete. Win your very own Apple AirPods. Give it a go right now. Find the link on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Or c96fm.ie. There's another one come in this morning. We checked it and it seems you're not wrong. Um, What about the electric buses in Dublin? Um, Yeah, Dublin has some electric buses doing the rounds. I don't think we have any of them yet. They're being charged using a diesel generator. It could only come from the mind of Eamon Ryan. The, the Irish Independent's actually done some digging on it and says, Boss Aaron has terrified the generator while having diesel printed on the side is actually running on a biofuel made out of vegetable oil. It said the arrangement was a temporary measure while permanent charging infrastructure was put in place. So diesel's written on the side of it, but actually what's inside it is is, is, is Mazzola or... or <laughs> Cooking oil, chip fat, basically. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Caller says ham and egg and spring onion roll three fifty each in Shinnox. Is it Shinnox? Convenience store in Fromoy, and they're lovely. Yeah, there's actually a love. There's a, there's a brand in some of the garages, and I love them. Lovely fresh stuff. Good fresh roll or sandwich. There's nothing like it. But there's Trevor's complaint, and you can't not see his point. Like, he goes into Costcutter, down the road from us here, and he gets his simple, plain ham and tomato sandwich. White bread, bit of butter, bit of ham, couple of slices of tomato, wrap it up, and it's under a fire. Go down to O'Brien's, and same, two slices of bread, bit of butter, two bits of ham, bit of tomato, maybe a pinch of salt, and in a bag, and a bag of tato. Nearly a tenner. Yeah. And they're not, like, they're not four minutes walk from each other. Kind of doesn't sit right, does it? No, it doesn't. 0818 96 96 96. Something else that doesn't sit right is sentencing policy. And this comes up, I don't know how often, on the programme, where people are before the courts being sentenced for crimes and what happens just doesn't make any sense. Tony... You contacted us because you saw a story in the paper about a fella that got one sentence while he was already on a suspended sentence. Morning. Morning, Fisher. This was a fella got a 10-month sentence. He got the 10 months, but he already had a suspended sentence hanging over him of nine months. The case was re-entered by the prosecution in Cork to have the suspended sentence activated. That happened, but the judge made the sentence concurrent to the 10 months he had got somewhere else. Yeah. So he got 10 months and he was on a 9 months suspended at the time. So the suspension was lifted as it were, but they made the sentences concurrent. And that's the bit you can't understand. That's what I can't understand. He doesn't serve an hour extra in prison. And in general, if a person comes before the court offences and he's serving a sentence he won't get extra time unless there was 
a breach of bail involved. Yeah. So you could have 40 charges, any number of charges you can have, and you won't get any extra jail time. But the criminals know that. They, they, if they're in for a penny, they're in for a pound. They know it takes no difference. I remember my own years covering the courts. I, I covered courts pretty much continuously, Tony, for 10 to 12 years. And I remember exactly what you're talking about. Fellas who are convicted on eight or nine different charges on the one time, each one of which could carry a sentence, but everything ran concurrently. I, I couldn't understand it myself at the time. You know the story, so... What do you think? Do you think they should run... Like that, that guy... The nine months should have been added on to the ten months, is what you're saying? Of course, it should have been, yeah. That is making it 19 months in total, which is probably what, what was deserved. You think it's a total waste of time to even bring it up if they're not going to add it on at the end? I think it's only a bookkeeping exercise. It's just paperwork. Because it means nothing. Yeah. He won't serve that nine months. And the nine months that I suspended was for a litany of offences. I mean, all those crimes have an injured party attached to them. Yeah. There could be as many as a half a dozen people that were affected by that crime. Yeah. And they see he's getting away with it, basically. Do you think, because I know a lot of people do, Tony, do you think that the, the court's system cares less about the victim than it does about the, the criminal? Absolutely, of course. I mean, the, the first thing... That happens when he comes before the court to get really laid. That's the first thing that will happen. Mm-hmm. And the other bugbear I have is minimum sentences in relation to drugs are supposed to be 10 years. That's right, for certain offences they're supposed to be, but they can be except, argued against. Except, yeah. except in exceptional circumstances. Now, it looks as if every case is exceptional because nobody gets 10 years. You're not wrong. I saw it myself in Cork Circuit Criminal Court one time where there was a, a slam dunk 10-year conviction and yeah. the barrister spent the afternoon arguing with the judge making the case for his client to be a special case and in the end, his client was a special case and I'm thinking, when is mandatory not mandatory? Well, what's, what's exceptional? What's an exceptional case you, you could argue that about anybody's case. Well, this was a particular case. I won't be naming anybody, obviously, but this was a particularly young uh, man. It was his first offence, and he was kind of duped into it. Uh, he had no previous right. convictions of any kind, and the judge cut the 10 to 5, I think. But but at the same time, you is mandatory, mandatory or isn't it like? Yeah. I was brought in by John O'Donnell when he was the Fianna Minister for Justice one back maybe 20 years ago. You know your history? It was it was the bulldog who brought that in. I think I've only seen one case ever where a fellow got to 10 years and he contested it from start to finish and had all sorts of stories to tell the judge for Sean O'Donnell at the time. Yes. But he was the only one that I'm aware of that got 10 years. Yeah. Was Some the- people get poorly suspended sentences. Yeah. Anyone down for a 15A, that's what it is. Anyone down for a 15A is going to jail. That'll never get suspended, I, I, I don't think. But they can argue it down. They can, yeah. But come back to the suspended sentence. The idea, as you said, Tony, that this guy who's doing 10 months at the moment 
and the nine months suspended has now been unsuspended, but he won't serve an extra day in prison. Exactly, yeah. It doesn't make any sense to the ordinary citizen looking in. No, it doesn't, does it? It must frustrate the guards, something terrible too. Oh, I say it does, yeah. It does, yeah. I mean, currency incentives to go out and catch fellas. What's the point? He'll be out again. He'll be laughing at you. Yeah. We'll throw it out there, Tony, and see what people think. Suspended sentences, if they're unsuspended, as it were, they should go on to what you're already serving, not be serving concurrently. Exactly, that's my point. Thank you for the call. God bless you. Cheers, Tom. Yeah, I've, I've watched it happen. Sentences that were suspended getting unsuspended, and then the new sentence, concurrent. What's the point, then? You do nine months, and it's suspended... You get hauled in before the courts again, and you get 10 months. And then they decide to unsuspend the nine and give you it. Con- so why you should serve 19 months then, surely? Makes sense to me. Does it make sense to you and to, 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 or to Tony? 0818969696. I nearly missed this, I must mention. I think I know this man to see from around Carrigaline. I wouldn't know him at all personally. I speak of Mark Atkinson. Uh, delighted to read uh, over the last 24 hours that he has been found safe and well. Mark Atkinson is 60 years old and he was last seen on the 1st of February 2023. And guards and parents and friends were very worried, as you would be, uh, for the whole year. And all of a sudden, we don't know the circumstances and that's fine, all of a sudden he turns up out of the blue, safe and well. And guards have said that no further action is required. Good story. Good news story. Imagine that, been missing for a year and he just arrives home. I'm sure the man has a story to tell. I would love to hear it. If he's well enough and fit enough and would like to share, I'd love to talk to him. I doubt it'll happen, but maybe. You'd never know. 0818 96 96 96. On the price of sandwiches and Trevor's comparison between O'Brien's, where it cost him nearly a tenner for a sandwich and a packet of crisps, and to Daybreak down there, Costcutter, rather Costcutter down there on Bridge Street, where the same sandwich would cost him uh, under a fiver. This is from... Who is this from? Uh, Oh, okay, here we go. Some of the restaurants are absolutely gone crazy. It was 9.30 for a bagel and 4.80 for an almond coffee, which was a tiny little cup, like a cappuccino little cup. I mean, that's unreal. Like, so 15 euros just to have a bagel and a cup of coffee. Crazy. And I went to another place where I got banana bread, charged four nine, or three ninety five. sorry, and she threw it into a bag with no plastic thing over it or anything and it fell apart I mean that's that some places are just kind of crazy and I don't think that's the cost of living I think that's greed I'm sorry thanks that's from Anne a lot of people would agree with you Anne there's a thing that I never buy and I never buy it and if I was dying of, th- of hunger I would never buy it Rocky Road now I love it with or without the marshmallows actually preferably I Prefer it without the marshmallows. Rocky Road. My mother makes a cake 
in the fridge where she breaks up two packets of Marietta biscuits and she mixes up a kind of a chocolate thing, sits the whole lot into a tray, puts it in the fridge and it goes hard and it, it weighs as much as a house brick. I have one at home at the moment. It weighs as much as a house brick. That's called, in the Coogan house, it's called Crazy Cake. It is Rocky Road without the marshmallows or without the chocolate. And that costs my mother, God bless her, nearly 82, 80, nearly 83, it costs her less than a fiver to make. Nearly a half a stone of the stuff. And yet you're going anywhere and there's this little tiny square of Rocky Road. They're in the mouthful in it. You pay about four quid for it. And another one I won't touch. I won't touch Donkey's Gudge. Because they're ripping it. That's made from flipping leftovers. There's one place does nice Donkey's Gudge and I'll buy that because it's actually sold as Donkey's Gudge and it's cheap. But Donkey, I went into a cake shop in a well-known shopping centre. I won't name it. I won't name the cake shop. And I'm wandering around and I'm peckish. And I picked up a piece of donkey's goods. They had them wrapped, single pieces wrapped. A fine bit of weight in it, you know. And you can see it was lovely and moist inside. Now, that's going to be lovely. And just fancy a bit of goods. And I turned it over. It was 3.80 for a slice of donkey's goods. Help me, Rhonda. Supporting restaurants. I love this, Finbar. This is one of the best comments of the day. Uh, supporting restaurants, cafes and eateries in general in Cork is a bit like... Eric Ten Hag at, at Manchester United. No, stick with it. Right, stick with it. You want to back the manager, but he does himself no favours. Seven euro for a bowl of porridge in one of our locally owned cafes. Four quid for a coffee. It's unbelievable. Love the show. Yeah, porridge. Like, porridge is cheap. Cheap as chips. Porridge. Seven quid for a bowl of porridge. You know, sup of milk, spoon of sugar, maybe they put a pinch of salt into it. Seven euro for a bowl of porridge. That's that's mad. And then four quid for the coffee on top of it. Thanks, Finbar. Yeah, look, and I said last year when we talked about this and it was only going to get worse, the cost of putting food out on the table is going up. And so many restaurants are struggling with the cost of doing that. I accept that. Let's box that off and say absolutely, 100%, places are struggling with the cost of putting food on the table. But are some of them really taking the you-know-what? Oh, yeah. Oh, be sure of that, too. Join the conversation. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96FM. Now, we talk from time to time about, you know, preemies, little babies who come into the world a bit early and the wonderful work of the staff at the NICU out in CUMH who, who help them through those first few weeks and often few months. Um, it's Daisy Quinn's first birthday. Around now, Janelle, isn't it? And uh, she's had a pretty tough first year, hasn't she? Hi, good morning, DJ. Yes, I look, I, we always knew from day one that she was going to be a fighter, but 
we definitely had our ups and downs with her. Yeah. She came into the world a bit early. Yes, I was 27 weeks and six days pregnant. So just over 12 weeks early. We had a scan when I was 16 weeks pregnant and there's a few complications kind of arose from that. So since I was 16 weeks, I was having weekly scans. I was in and out of hospital. I was about 19 weeks. They put a stitch into my cervix to kind of hold her in as long as they could. And I was actually admitted into the hospital with my waters leaking two days before she was born. So you had a notion that she would be preemie from very early on? We did have a notion, but we didn't think she'd be that early. Our aim was always to get over 30 weeks. We're going to try and make it 35, 36 weeks even. We'd never, ever thought. And even the day she was born that morning, talking to the doctors, we're like, no, we're going to try to keep her in as long as we can. Like no one expected her to be born later on that day. She was very, very tiny. She was. She was 930 grams, which is about two pounds. Just under a bag of sugar. Wow. She went straight into an incubator, I suppose, did she? She did. She did. She was rushed straight out of emergency section. She was rushed straight down to the NICU with the fantastic doctors who... They put her into like a tiny little plastic bag for us to keep her all warm while they rushed her down there. Wow. It was just incredible how they can work on something, a human that's so tiny. But yeah, she was frustrated into the incubator. She was put on drips and oxygen support and all sorts of wires and leads and everything hanging off her. Was she developed physically? Were her lungs okay? Her lungs were, she still needed oxygen support. She was briefly ventilated and put onto CPAP machines like she needed oxygen support up, up until the week before she came home mm-hmm. but she obviously couldn't feed she was given like nutrition via drip for a couple of weeks until she started food chewing it's definitely tough seeing someone so tiny yeah. hooked up to so many machines and, and you're not able to touch her or hold her which is the most natural thing in the world that you want to do and you can't when did you get to touch yeah. her and hold her for the first time? We, you could kind of put your hands through the little holes in the incubator when, at first, but kind of just barely touch her, barely like, give her a light little touch because her skin was so so fragile, so tiny, so it was pretty much see-through at the beginning. Yeah. So you were afraid to hurt her. Yeah. And then when she was six days old, we had our first cuddle. <sighs> she was so happy and scary at the same time. Yeah. Were you frightened that she wouldn't make it? A little bit, but I think just seeing everyone around me was so positive about her. Always looking at the good side of things that she was doing. Yeah. They're incredible people, aren't they? The people that work with these babies. Oh, they are just another level of angels, really. Like you said, working on something so tiny... Oh, they're just incredible. And I think not only do they look after the tiny babies, they sweep us up as well and look after us. Yeah, because you take a bit of minding too. Oh, God, yeah. And they take the time to explain absolutely everything. Like, I think my medical knowledge went through the roof those couple of weeks we were there. They just explained everything to us, everything that they were doing. 
every machine that she's hooked up to, they bring water stores and twice she needs those. She was 86 days in hospital. Then you got to bring her home. Yes. What a moment that must have been. Like, when, when they told you. Is that her, by the way? Yes, it is. <laughs> good morning to you. Um, oh, she's is, is, it. When they told you she can go home, what's that new? What's it, what's it like to get that news? Oh, we were so excited. We had a countdown nearly on. She had come off the oxygen, and they said if she can spend a week there off the oxygen and her, all her stuff stayed good, that she didn't need any more oxygen support. She was taking her bottles. We had to give her the week. They were doing it by herself, and mm. then she would go home on Thursday. So we were counting there and praying that she wouldn't have any setbacks. And it all went well for her, and they told it you she... Did. Yeah. It did, it did, yeah. We went in with the car seat ready. It was finally our turn. <laughs> Were you able to come and go as you pleased over those 86 days, or...? Oh, yeah, you can come and go as often as you please into Nick, you know. It's just, obviously, parents, no one else can visit, yeah. but... Yeah. yeah, you can come and go 24 hours a day. The only time they don't ask you to come in is just during shift change. Sure. Sure. You get to know that really well. You know when not to quit. And you, you, I think you probably you make friendships in there. They're not just people working with your with your little girl. They become friends. Oh, of course. Like you see them every day, and you get talking to everybody. You know, like a few of the girls there were going on honeymoons, and you see them before they go off, and when they come home, and you're finding out all of their holidays, or you yeah. know, others had their shop wedding dress shopping with their daughters. And <laughs> you get. Nearly part of their lives as well. Yeah, which I think is why you want to give back and you're having a fundraiser. Of course, though. One of the things we always said that was missing from the NICU was a place that parents could go for a little break to grab a cup of tea or something to eat or just have a little bit of a private space away from the machines and the noise and the beeping of being inside there. Yeah. So they're fundraising for the last while for the parents' room. So for our birthday, we decided, instead of gifts, to ask family and friends to donate to us. Okay. And it's been going away. We put up this original goal of €500, Euro and we were already at 979 the last time I checked. So I'm yeah. absolutely gobsmacked by everyone's generosity. But you see so many people, and I'm sure, Janelle, People listening to us will, will have similar experiences to you. That's why they come forward, because the work up there is just so wonderful. But, like, it's such a simple thing. Parents are spending so much, like, you would 86 days in and out of the place. So much time there. A simple thing, like a place to go and sit down and have a cup of coffee and come get away from the beeping and the noises and just, just be with your own thoughts. Because I suppose there were times when you were really fearful, was there? There was, like, she did have her ups and downs and, like, anything, though, we were absolutely delighted she got moved out to the main ICU there into the lower version, but a couple of days later she had to go back up again and, you know, you get a phone call, she needs another blood transfusion or she needed more oxygen support. As much as we all like to think it's all positive and each stage is a positive, there are ups and downs every single day inside her. I know we were one of the lucky ones that we got to bring our baby home. She's still here with us, but they're unfortunate. There are babies inside her who don't make it home with their parents right. as well. That's right. How is she now as she comes to her birthday? <laughs> she is turning into a very cheeky little lady. <laughs> <laughs>
I can hear her contributions to this conversation anyway, and it sounds like she's a fine set of lungs on her anyway. Oh, she is definitely making herself known, but like she's still a lot smaller than her age, obviously. Like she's still kind of just coming out of three to six month clothes now. Yeah. Like a twelve month old no, she's still a bit behind developmentally and she's not a big fan of weaning, so we're still working on that. So so she still has her her ups and downs again every day, but Daisy Quinn. Lovely name. <laughs> Thank you. She, we couldn't decide. I wanted Daisy and my husband wanted Quinn, so bit of a compromise. <laughs> it's a nice one. I wish you well and your husband and Daisy Quinn. Well done with the fundraising, but most importantly, uh, congratulations on first birthday for a little girl who might not have made it. Thank you. Cheers, uh, Janelle. And happy birthday to, to Daisy Quinn chatting away there in the background. <laughs> Behaviours have you. 0818 96, 96 96 Just staying with business and business outlets, it was sad to see the news there that uh, the liquidators are coming into electric. Now, it's not been open since before Christmas. Ernest Cantillon said that he was selling electric. Uh, late last year, he said he was going to sell electric as it was time to move on. But unfortunately, now the liquidators are coming in. I was uh, sorry to see that in the paper over the last uh, 24, 36 hours. His other premises, Sober Lane, completely unaffected and completely untouched by this and is working away to bait the band and going well and a great place and a mighty pizza, <laughs> if I might say so. Um, yeah, actually, I see where he's... Ernest, who's regularly on the programme with me here, he's also going really well with uh, Kinsale Spirits, and I hear that he's trying now look at a way to get whiskey into Nigeria. If anybody can get whiskey into Nigeria, Ernest Cantillon can get whiskey into Nigeria. But sorry to see the liquidators moving in to electric. Now, uh, Rona Collin, tell me all about Inclusive Dance Cork. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Lovely to talk to you. Thank and, you for taking the time. And to you to indeed. What, what is this about? So um, I have been involved in this project, Inclusive Dance Cork, in partnership, and I work under the umbrella of Dance Cork, Firk and Crane. There's other partners with UCC, Cork Education Training Board, Cope Foundation, Susha Arts, and Rethink Ireland. Yeah. And the initiative was the brainchild of Yvonne Colin, uh, no relative, and um, she is the chairperson of Dance Cork, Firk and Crane. I've been involved in the area of inclusive dance myself. I have a disability since birth, since the age of 18, and I set up the first inclusive dance company in the country when I was 18 and then co-founded a second one when I was 30. Um, So I was brought in uh, as the artistic director in July of 2022, and we've been very successful running the programme for one year already. We had 21 students, and they loved it. Mixed uh, ability of every age, size, disability, non-disabled, every country. And it's it's been a huge success. And we're about to go into year two. Yeah, you've Cope Foundation involved, Firkin Crane involved, many other people involved. It's a huge umbrella and literally anybody can take part. Absolutely. And uh, we welcome everybody. Uh, anybody who's ever been told, no, you can't dance, uh, you're not able to, um, you know, any anybody who's ever wanted to dance 
or express themselves in any way, shape or form are more than welcome to join the programme. Uh, applications are open now and there's three ways to access the programme. You can get two micro-credentials through UCC uh, in the area of inclusive dance. So you've got accreditation in inclusive dance, the first of its kind in the Republic of Ireland. So that's very exciting Excellent. that yeah, that we have that ability. You can come directly through Dance Cork, Firk and Crane or if you're coming through Cope Foundation, there's a qualification that you can get through the Cork Education and Training Board. So there are many ways to access the programme. It's been, as I say, it's been very successful and the programme starts on the 4th and 4th and 5th of February and runs until May. And how it works is there's always two facilitators in the room, I being one of them, and then I bring in different guest facilitators throughout the uh, throughout the academic year to teach on the programme. So we've got the likes of Adam Benjamin, who uh, co-founded Kanduka in the UK, Alice Shepherd, who's... Um, highly prolific in the area of inclusive dance who has a disability herself uh, and Mark Brew again wheelchair user who's uh, very very well known in the area of inclusive dance as well and lots of our own uh, homegrown talent as well in the area of inclusive sure. dance So it all kicks off all kicks off in February and any information can be had at Inclusive Dance Cork I'm sure just Google it and get involved so Kaylee, K-A-Y-L-I-E at ferkincrane.ie is also an email address that you can uh, get onto for more details K-A-Y-L-I-E at ferkincrane.ie Rona Collin, thank you some sad news coming in um, from Incredible Flowers did we not have them on the programme recently or wasn't that the flower that was that the florist that was so nice to the little girl who had autism it might have been but they just said it's with a heavy heart that we say due to the inability to keep up with running costs we've had to make the very tough decision to close our shop at the end of January we really appreciate all of you and hope you will avail of some great fruit for the rest of the month and that is from the incredible Flower team. Sad news coming uh, from again from the business sector, this time in Ballancolic uh, this morning. When is it going to end and what will it take to stop what seems to be a tsunami of businesses closing? Uh, that idea from Sean earlier on in the morning, and we might take some calls on it if you have any thoughts on it tomorrow. That idea from Sean that maybe this debt. That's overhanging everybody, people who got a chance to put off their taxes during COVID. That tax is coming up for payment now in May. And Sean was suggesting that perhaps the government might step in and just write it off because well, we have the money. It's a suggestion. And with news like that, it's a suggestion, I think, that'll be raised again and again and again. Sorry to finish on sad news for today. It's been a busy old morning. Program edited by Emer O'Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. All of your podcasts up uh, ASAP. We'll talk to you tomorrow, just after nine. Hi there, Troy Tuberty here. Be part of my new adventure this Sunday on Cork's 96FM. Cork's 96FM. I'd have something for everyone with a mixture of conversation, laughter and great music. Talk to you this Sunday from 10am. The Ryan Tuberty Show on Sunday in association with High and I. For every kind of driver, there's a High and I. Find yours at highandi.ie. Cork's 96FM. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 